Hi, welcome to Flashing Lights, The President and Celebrity, a show dedicated to the analysis of how the Office of the Presidency interacts with celebrity culture. I am your host, Drew Harris. Listener, you may ask how I came upon this topic. Well, this topic was inspired by my observation of the mass amount of social media buzz generated by the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump's decision to invite certain celebrities, namely Kim Kardashian West and her husband Kanye West, to the White House to discuss important topics. These meetings inspired so many social media posts and press articles that it made me actually think a bit deeper about this subject. Why does the U.S. President meet with so many celebrities in the White House? With this question in mind, I took to the podcasting world to see first if anyone else had the answers to this question. Unfortunately, I had no luck. I couldn't believe that in the vast universe of political podcasts that no one had ever questioned this tradition. I guess you're all stuck with me now. Join me on my quest to attempt to explain this actually quite strange American tradition. Using information from news articles, political scholarship, and the White House archives, I will attempt to answer the following questions. What actual function does celebrity serve in the presidency? Also, to what degree has celebrity influenced politics? To first attempt to answer these questions, we must look at a brief history of celebrity presidential encounters. To first examine why exactly the idea of celebrity has become so intertwined with the president, first we must consult a bit of history. There have been a notable number of celebrity visits to the White House. These famous individuals sometimes are invited for the purpose of being honored for their contributions to American culture, such as receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Specifically, a famous person may be awarded the Medal of Freedom for especially meritorious contribution to the security or national interests of the United States, or world peace, or cultural or culturally significant public or private endeavors. My, what a mouthful. Thankfully, we will not be focusing on these examples, as the reason for their existence is self-explanatory and more ceremonial than symbolic. Instead, let's focus on the other circumstances under which celebrities have paid the Oval Office a visit. For the purpose of this podcast, I define celebrity as individuals valued by society because of their contributions to popular culture and the performing arts. These famous people sometimes are invited to the White House for the sole purpose of discussing current social issues plaguing the nation. Celebrities are also often recruited to help promote certain policies or inspire voter support. For example, during President Grover Cleveland's re-election campaign in 1887, he and Mrs. Cleveland hosted a performance intended to benefit the Actors Fund of America. This organization had been formed in response to the needs of aged actors. Many respected actors of the time were present for the gala, including Edwin Booth, brother of President Lincoln's assassin, John Wilkes Booth. However, the most notable result of this event was that Joseph Jefferson III, the most celebrated actor of his time, later told reporters that at age 58, he would vote for the first time, and that he'd cast his ballot for Cleveland's re-election. Jefferson's adult sons would also cast their first votes in Cleveland's favor, a fact highly politicized at the time. 
In this case, celebrities served as a political endorsement for Cleveland, though he would not win his re-election. Not then, at least. This pattern continued into the 20th century, with celebrities in the 1930s organizing themselves into advocacy groups that either supported or opposed Franklin Roosevelt and his New Deal. In 1952, Eisenhower and his campaign directors relied on celebrity attractions to sell himself to the public, as he was out of the country for the majority of the primary. A banner for one such event held at Madison Square Garden in February 1952 read, Tonight, 11 p.m., Eisenhower Rally, Stars, Stars, Stars. This rally ultimately spawned the political slogan, I Like Ike, and Eisenhower was elected. To help push his fight against drunk driving and drug use, Ronald Reagan invited Michael Jackson to the White House in 1984 to honor the singer's agreement to campaign against drunk driving. In exchange for suffering through Reagan's congratulatory speech laden with Jackson's song-related puns and for allowing his song Beat It to be used in a public service campaign against teen drinking and driving, Michael Jackson received a Presidential Public Safety Communication Award. I am unsure whether that award has been given out since, but it was a notable gesture regardless. Other examples include in 2013, when Barack Obama recruited celebrities like Michael Sarah, Amy Poehler, Alicia Keys, and Jason Derulo to help explain Obamacare to the young people of America. In all of these instances, celebrities were used to advance the interests of the president or presidential candidates. Celebrities could be used to sell the public on policy goals of the president, or to increase his relevancy and relatability to the public during times of political strife or disapproval. But just how effective are these political appeals to celebrity influence? For that, we have to turn to researchers Gwendolyn S. Nisbet and Christina Childs-DeWalt, who published a study in 2016 about the influence of celebrities in politics on young voters. Through focus groups, they examined how we determine the value of celebrities in political arenas. The results were in some ways predictable, but also surprising. The invention of social media has given celebrities and their fans more immediate access to political expression and interaction. Additionally, according to Nisbet and DeWalt, celebrity permeates all aspects of contemporary American culture. Celebrities' presence expresses a defining characteristic of our time. Because of this, celebrities are often regarded as a reflection of the morals and values of the society they reside in. Therefore, it is not unreasonable that people would look to celebrities for political opinions in an age where most adults between the ages of 18 and 30 receive their news from social media platforms and celebrity tweets. However, Nisbet and DeWalt's study also found that celebrity endorsers only are effective when they are perceived as credible on the issue, carry some form of cultural relevancy, or when the public can identify with them. Identification was found to be the most important of all. Now, I should point out that identification does not simply refer to a celebrity's relatability, but rather a fan's ability to associate the celebrity's qualities with their own ideal self-image. Basically, we are influenced by the most by celebrities who represent what we wish to be instead of who we are. With that being said, ultimately the study found that celebrity endorsements mainly tended to work the best with very young, less politically informed voters. The members of the focus group initially refused to admit any political influence from celebrity sources, though eventually 
Many of them acknowledged that celebrity involvement did not dramatically change their minds, but it was influential in causing them to explore new information and perspectives on an issue. So rather than blindly following celebrity endorsements, influence manifests itself in an increased interest in learning about a political topic. Now that we've discussed why celebrities may be invited to meet with or act on behalf of the president, and how politically effective this strategy may be, but what happens when the president is the celebrity? Let's find out next. President Teddy Roosevelt first popularized the idea of a celebrity president with the introduction of the bully pulpit approach to public appearances. His speeches were theatrical, he loved a good photo op or PR move, and he made sure to keep the press talking about him. Nowhere is this more apparent than October 1912 when Roosevelt was shot in the chest on the way to deliver a speech in Milwaukee's Gilpatrick Hotel. Friends, I shall ask you to be as quiet as possible, he told the packed venue crowds. To get the full dramatic effect, he then revealed his blood-stained shirt and elaborated, I don't know whether you fully understand that I have just been shot. As reporter Megan Garber points out in an Atlantic article about the history of presidential celebrity, this gesture served more than a dramatic purpose. It suggested that Roosevelt, flesh and blood like the rest of us, was somehow less burdened by this fact than the rest of us. Both, Ro both Roosevelt presidents used tools such as publicity and radio broadcast to transform flesh and blood into something more, to enlarge their voices, their ideas, and themselves into the minds of their fellow Americans. And then, with their image and message cemented in the minds of American citizens, they used them to govern. In essence, their status as popular media figures gave them the mandate to make political actions to secure their presidential legacy. In such a way, the president became the representation of government as a whole, not just an office. President Eisenhower was the first president to recognize himself as a product that could and needed to be sold in the television age. According to political offered author David Haven Blake, Eisenhower did not enjoy the company of celebrities or Hollywood types, but he had also cultivated friendships with major media executives and advertisement agents who urged him that TV was the future. Initially, Eisenhower was hesitant to appear in commercials, but eventually he embraced the medium by having Hollywood actor Robert Montgomery as a performance coach. As a result, Eisenhower cultivated his image and became comfortable enough around cameras to hold regular televised press conferences. For his innovative use of the medium to keep in touch with the American people, Eisenhower became the first and only U.S. president to win an Emmy while in office. This idea of maintaining popular voter appeal was continued through John F. Kennedy, whose almost movie star quality looks and unflappable image on TV propelled him into the White House ahead of his opponents. The idea of a celebrity-in-chief seemed to come to a head with the election of President Ronald Reagan. In this case, an actual celebrity actually became president. Never mind that Reagan had solid experience in politics and positions of leadership prior to his presidency. The man was primarily known for his past as a Hollywood movie star. Because of his time spent as a star, 
Reagan already had acquired the skills and deft image control required to create and maintain the air of celebrity. Ronald Reagan merged his talent for cultivating fame in the office of the presidency by adopting the image of the optimistic, lighthearted fantasy father figure. His presence felt familiar and reliable, for he had spent years reaching people in their living rooms through TV and in movies. It gave citizens the impression of intimacy. This was an illusion he courted and encouraged by speaking to reporters on a cozy, chummy, faintly paternalistic first-name basis during televised press conferences. As a Vox magazine article once put it, Reagan didn't need to be good at his job. He just needed to look like he was good at it. Furthermore, Reagan represented the ideal patriarch the conservative base desired. Quote, They wanted someone to bring the hippies and the poor and the minorities and the counterculture types in line, but someone who would do that in a way that felt respectable, fatherly. The idea of utilizing a president's celebrity status to bring divisive groups together created reached new heights under Barack Obama. President Obama was a celebrity from the very beginning of his presidency, as he had the advantage of being the first African-American president. Essentially, he had the privilege, or rather, the rare experience of being seen as a novelty among all U.S. citizens, and therefore immediately interesting. At one point in 2008, John McCain's campaign attacked Obama, calling him the biggest celebrity in the world. This attack was clearly meant to imply that Obama had little substance in comparison to his superstar status. Instead, it emphasized Obama's ability to dominate political and pop culture conversations. Obama utilized this interest, as well as the rapidly growing influence of social media, to mobilize public support and remain an active participant in pop culture. The press and the public responded in kind, as coverage of Obama's first term was crowded with speculation over his fashion choices and what the name and breed of his dogs were. In fact, one of the first pieces of news I remember hearing about Obama post-election involved what topping he preferred on his baked potato. The media was beginning to resemble celebrity paparazzi reporters and how they obsessed over even the minor personal choices of the president. Like celebrities, people had begun to idealize President Obama's own qualities as desirable to their own self-image and to the image of a supposedly post-racial America. When discussing the positive aspects of his presidency, the average American was just as likely to point to a witty joke he made in a recent interview than to reference his policies. Even my own grandmother, when prompted to give her thoughts on the Obama presidency, admitted, I liked him. I loved him because he was so... Cool. Now where does Donald Trump fit into this? Like Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump has the unique experience of having been a household name before becoming President of the United States. And like Reagan, he has merged his previous public image as a celebrity with the office of the President to create an extension of his brand. However, unlike Reagan, Donald Trump had no prior political leadership experience to prop him for the enormous role of the president. You could argue that Donald Trump and the campaign that brought him to the White House is the very pinnacle of the intersection between celebrity and the presidency. Trump's appeal as an entertaining public figure to his supporters seemed to, excuse my pun, trump any question of the president's credibility and political decisions. His exaggerated antics and mannerisms have drawn media attention 
positive and negative, at astounding rates. Like Obama, Trump frequently dominates pop culture and many everyday conversations, albeit for perhaps more negative reasons. How do we explain his appeal to voters despite his often contradictory actions? Allow me to go back to that study on celebrity influence. In the study, the researchers also examined the role of celebrity credibility. The study found that a celebrity's likability and loyalty to their brand message was important. But, researchers also found that likability of the celebrity made message consistency stronger or created consistency where there otherwise would not have been. Additionally, people tend to process politics and entertainment less in terms of factual information, but more in terms of impressions or feelings. Basically, a person's impression of a celebrity political figure and how well they fit into their brand is possibly more important than what the celebrity is actually trying to say. Based on what we learned, er what we learned earlier about celebrity endorsements, we know that if the celebrity represents something to the individual that they want, then that celebrity is considered credible and influential. This could possibly explain the persistence of Trump's appeal to his supporters. Donald Trump represents a brand, the Trump family name, which invokes the sense of wealth, power, and a return to, quote, the good old days. Never mind that the good old days weren't so great, especially for black women like me. What matters is that Trump might represent what his supporters, especially the blue-collar ones, want. Money and authority. Because he fulfills these aspects of their ideal self-image of a successful version of themselves, perhaps they are willing to overlook his controversial statements and policy objectives. It seems that in the case of Trump, celebrity has taken over and become an essential part of the presidency, rather than political platforms. So what did we learn today? We discovered that celebrities can be used to advance presidential interest through White House photo op meetings and media campaigns. We figured out how celebrities can or cannot influence our political views. And we traced the history of the transformation of the president into the celebrity-in-chief. What about the future role of celebrity in the presidency? Well, opinions seem to be mixed, and the future is always uncertain, but news sources such as the Washington Post and Vox anticipate that this could only be the beginning of a pattern of celebrity presidential candidates. And when the likes of Oprah Winfrey, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Kanye West can inspire entire news articles based on their brief consideration of running for president, who knows? This has been your host, Drew Harris. Thank you for listening.